All right. Today, I'm going to be reading out of 1 John chapter 4. But before I get there, I just want to hop backwards into Psalms just for a moment. In Psalm 82, Psalms 82, 6, it says, Ye are gods. Ye are gods. Jesus quoted that verse in, in John chapter 10. The Jews, the Jews were kind of picking at him. He'd, they'd rejected him. They were going to stone him. And, and he was asking them, for what, for what good work are you going to stone me? And they said, oh, no, we're not going to stone you for the good works you've done. We're going to stone you for blasphemy. And Jesus says, he quoted that verse, ye are gods. And I think sometimes for myself, I forget that, right? We have, we have God's dominion over the earth. He gave it to us back in January. Or January. <laughs> You remember back January? Genesis. You stand up here and don't make a mistake. January. January. It was back, that's when the earth started. Genesis. It was January. But that's not my point, okay? That's not my point. Um, I really want to read 1 John 4, 16 and 17. And I want to pick up in the middle of verse 16. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. In this way, God's love is perfected in us, so that we may have boldness in the day, boldness on the day of judgment. Here it comes. Because as he is, so are we in the world. As he is. Not as he is when he was walking on the earth, that would be was. Not as he's going to be when he returns, but as he is. As he is, so are we. So, I can't speak for you, but for me it leads some questions, leaves some questions in my mind. Is Jesus sick? No. Is Jesus depressed right now? No. How about is God disappointed in Jesus? No, right? Is God angry with Jesus? No. As he is, so are we in this world. We are loved right now. There is no disappointment from God here. As he is, so are we. And I think it's so important that we get ourselves back to that point of view, to that point of thinking. Let's all stand. Father, Lord, Jesus, for your love, how you love us, Lord, and we just desire to stand in your love to worship you Savior, to worship you, to give our thanks to you, knowing that as you are, we are too. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the blood that you shed for us, the sacrifice that you made for our redemption, for the restoration of our soul and spirit. We thank you for that sacrifice that you paid with your life that now we could just spend Holy Communion with you and live in eternity with you. Amen. Uh, you may be seated. We're going to do communion this morning. 
And as the, the ushers come forward with it, I want to share a revelation of communion that uh, God had given to me over the past couple days. Uh, Pastor John sprung on me that I was doing communion on Thursday, uh, so it gave me a, a little quick time to, to figure out what I was going to share. Uh, but as I was reading it, I, I read a verse that I, I had never read before, and I, I've been born and raised a Christian, and I, I never saw this part of the communion message. Jesus desired such a fellowship with us and with his disciples on the night he was betrayed. It says in Luke 22:15 that I earnestly have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. He knew what was about to happen. He knew the steps that we're about to take to, to achieve this redemption for our souls. But yet he wanted to have communion and fellowship with his disciples. And that carries over to today. And there's just some things that came to my mind that just, it, it blew me away with, with the message that was being shared through, the, through this single verse. And the first thing that came to my mind was how intense was God's love and Jesus' love for man that in this hour, in this time, he was willing to spend time with his disciples and sit down and talk. And it wasn't just doom and gloom, it was him uh, washing their feet and, and talking to them and sharing a conversation and one final meal before his death. The next thing that came to mind was how close his fellowship would have been. That he, he again, the love and the fellowship that he had for his disciples and that same love and fellowship comes through today as he invites us to have this communion and celebrate and remember the sacrifice that he made. And the final one was how eager the master was to make his disciples remember the nearness of the heavenly blessing that he is, was going to purchase for him. Because of his death, we get to spend eternity in heaven with him. And he wanted his disciples to know that and remember it going into his final moments. He gave them a pledge for their assurance that I will not eat anymore until it is to be fulfilled. The Lord's Supper instituted an evidence of Christ's undying love for us and for all the people of the world, an assurance of his intimate fellowship, and a confirmation of his promise. He goes on to say that he, this, this bread, the communion, the elements are for remembrance, to celebrate the sacrifice that Jesus made. We are to put it into our mind and to remember this, this blood sacrifice that Jesus made for us. He didn't do it for himself because there, there would have been easier ways for him to do it if he was doing it for himself, but he did it for us. He took the bread and he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten saying, this is the cup that poured out for you this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. That covenant is what the blood paid for. That covenant that he now has with us, an unbreakable promise, is because of the blood. So I want to invite you up to have this fellowship with Jesus. Not with each other, not with your family. Take this moment as a fellowship time to spend in intimacy with Jesus. And if you're a first time here, if you're five years old, or if you've been at this church for 50 years, 
we want to welcome you forward to, to come and take the elements and remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. So today we are going to be, it's going to be a very different Sunday. You notice that uh, a certain someone isn't here today, so uh, he naturally put the most recent minister in charge uh, and gave me the mic. So uh, Jim, where's Jim Hoffman? There's no hook today. Uh, you can just come up and talk for however. He's not here. He missed out. All right. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to have Nathaniel come up and do uh, offering and announcements. And then we will be sharing afterwards about our Karis mission trip. So that's what we have to look forward to. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. It's my pleasure to welcome all of you on behalf of our beloved pastor, John Neitzel, his wife, Debbie. Today, they're down in Prescott, Wisconsin, because um, our church down there, Engage Church, pastored by John and Je Jenny Logan, is... Um, just starting a new Sunday in a new building. And that's a really big deal. I'm excited for them. I was able to go down and see it yesterday. Next week, we'll have some, some pictures and maybe some video of that. Um, but uh, he told me that what, what the, where, where they had been on, on one of the main streets had about 33 seats, and now they have 95 seats set up. So it's a big increase, it's a big deal. Pastor wanted to be down and celebrate with them. Um, for our offering today, and it, it is a, it's so good to see new faces here. I, yeah, we, we want to meet you, we want to know your name, and we want you to come back. Luke chapter 16, starting in verse 9, Jesus speaking. I say unto you, make friends to yourselves of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. He's talking about money. It's a teaching about, about money. Um, that's what mammon of unrighteousness means here. He says, make friends to yourselves of the mammon of unrighteousness. Use your money to make friends, okay? That when you fail, that means when you die, and you're received into heaven, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. So what we have here is a, is a picture of, um, let's talk about friends here. Light can't have true fellowship with darkness. Light and darkness, they, we, we, we have uh, relationships, acquaintances with, with people in the world, but you can't really have true heart fellowship with somebody that doesn't know God. So um, we maintain those, those uh, relationships uh, to a degree. God may use us to reach people to sow the word into their life. They may come into the kingdom, but to have true friends, they need to be saved. Those are the people that we can really share our heart with, um, that we can truly be in agreement with, and we use our money to make friends. That means it's, it's talking about supporting the gospel, supporting the preaching of the gospel by how we use our money. 
and when we use our money to support the, the, the ministry and missions like we're talking about today and the preaching of the gospel, those people that are touched and that got saved through the ministries that we supported, they will be welcoming us when we get to heaven if they get there before us. That's the picture that I see here. So, um, thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you that we have so many friends. Thank you that we get to support the ministry with our tithes, with our offerings, and to honor you in this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Shiloh. Okay, so I would like to have the second year students who went on the trip uh, come up and join me. We're all going to share and talk about uh, the trip. But uh, before we get to that, um, I want to share some of the people that we encountered and got to work with on the trip. Uh, the first two being Pastor Mickey and his wife Susan. Uh, they kind of organized our whole trip, and, and they were Karis grads, and uh, throughout the week we really got to know and see their heart of ministry um, and get to know them better. And they were really impactful for our trip, and, and they spoke over us and prayed with us and ministered with us uh, out there. It wasn't just a drop us off on the street and let us walk around. They were actually out there with us. Um, and then Pastor David, uh, we, we did an event called Meet Me at the Bridge. And Pastor David, uh, he really has a heart for the homeless. And he, he created this event to reach them where they are at. Uh, he, he was doing ministry, kind of like uh, tent services uh, all throughout Charlotte and, uh, and Durham area. But as he was doing that, he felt like there was more. Um, and he before one of his meetings, he started driving around the block and the town where he uh, was setting up his meeting, and he kept seeing these homeless people uh, and, and just kind of had a heart for them, but wasn't doing anything. And God, and he said, God, I love them. And God spoke to him in that moment and, and told him, you don't love them like I love them. And that completely revolutionized his uh, way of how he was going to minister. So he started going out uh, and walking just a block at a time and meeting people. And his story is really funny. If, uh, if, if he ever posted, well, I'll have to let you guys know, but he, he talks about meeting this guy named John and uh, leads him to the Lord. And then he goes meet, he meets a guy named Matthew. And he was going through <laughs> the streets and he would meet these people who were named, uh, there was Luke, uh, there was a Paul. He, he just kept meeting these people and uh, that, inspired him to, to start Meet Me at the Bridge. Uh, and a lot of those guys that he talked about still continue to meet him there. And uh, even two of the guys work with him, two guys who were homeless. Uh, they were on the streets. They were drug addicts or alcoholics. Um, and they, they had no life to live. Uh, they met Pastor David at this event. And now they work with him full time setting up the events. And they are two of the happiest guys you would ever meet, and, and they treat him like family. They treat uh, Pastor David's wife like, like their mom, uh, and, and they are just the sweetest. But he uh, organizes this event where we go to a bridge, or in our case, it was at a school, um, and there's a meal, there's free clothes, free sleeping bags, free uh, toiletries, basically anything they could need. But in order for them to get that, 
they need to listen to a message and they need to uh, be there for praise and worship. So we kind of hold them hostage in order for them to get what they need. But, but they get so much out of the teachings and the ministry time. Um, and some of them even ministered to us. Like, like there was guys who, who they were Christians or, or they did believe. And uh, there's a man named Moses who I got to speak to. And we sat there when, when all the ladies went to the bathroom and had to go on a long walk. I was there with Moses and we sat there and he found this Bible in a ditch and we just read the Bible. We were just throwing out scriptures at each other and he would find it and I would read it or then I would find one and he would read it. Uh, and that was just so powerful and he would start pulling more guys in and, and eventually they started coming back and he would pull them in and we, we all just sat there just reading this Bible that he found in the ditch. Um, so there, there's, a, there's a ministry out there for these people and, and I think a lot of our eyes were opened to see them not as homeless but to see them as human, to see them through the eyes that God sees them through, the love that Jesus has to share. Uh, but we'll share a couple testimonies and just kind of go through the line. Um, we have Adele here. Adele's a visitor, but she is with our in our second year class, and uh, she can really just take up the time if we give her, if we give her the opportunity. Um, but uh, testimony for me is I, I I'm not a street evangelist. I'm I rarely even teach or evangelize to adults, so. Uh, me being here right now is also kind of a little different situation, but I'm usually back with the kids. I'm back with the youth, uh, the people that I'm comfortable with. So me going out and street evangelizing was not my forte. Uh, but as I was praying about where this trip was going to take me, what my expectations should be for the trip, uh, God spoke to me and said that he was, he was, going, to, he was going to grow my deficiency. What, what I saw as my deficiency, he was going to make it, he was going to help me and grow in it. Uh, and then that really just, it, it came to pass. We did street ministry in Charlotte and I was paired up with uh, one of our classmates named Jared and neither of us are really outgoing, social, uh, evangelistic type people. Uh, so we really just had to bite the bullet and just go for it. Um, and, and by the end of it, we were like, this is not that hard. We can do this. Uh, we can talk with these people and, and share the message that God has given us. Um, and just that kind of springboarded throughout the rest of the week to at the event, just to be able to talk to people uh, at the nursing home, uh, to, to just talk to these people who don't often get talked to or regarded by the rest of the world. Um, so yeah, that, that really moved inside of me to where I know now that I can do it and that I, I, that's not necessarily, I'm not going to be Vern going out, but I can if, if I need to. I, I can do that. Uh, but yeah, we met some really cool people. We went to the Durham Rescue Mission um, and these were all guys who were homeless or were addicts and now they're they're staying at uh, the Durham Rescue Mission, which is a school, it's a church, and there's like a dormitory for them to go through this thing called the, Recover, uh, the Victory Program, where they have to go to Bible classes each day in a dress shirt and tie, um, and they can graduate and then go on to get their GED, or they can get recommendations to go to colleges or whatever they need to do. Um, but we were, we were ministering there, we were talking, having lunch, um, and God kind of highlighted this one person that came in, and I was like, I, I want to talk to him. He's the one that I'm going to talk to. 
and he was he was this bigger guy walked with a, a walker and you could kind of just tell that he was off compared to everyone else he, he didn't really want to intermingle with the other people there um, so and my table was full so I'm like god I, I really need a way for to, to talk to this guy um, and someone got up the two guys that we were um, working with mulch they left to go start doing some more work so he sat down I'm like awesome but there were still some more people there and he, he sat down put his head down didn't want to talk to anyone so I'm like I need a window and within 30 seconds they got up and left so now it's it's him and I and right as I'm about to talk to him his doctors come up and the director of Durham Rescue Mission come forward and they, they start talking to him and um, I was taking some videos so I got up so that they could have the privacy of the table uh, but I was still looking to have that conversation and they got up and I was able to go and no one sat down at the table even though people continued to file in and continue to look for places to sit it was just myself and him at the table uh, and there was instantly a connection uh, we, we had similar stories of uh, our our father and grand and grandfather dealing with alcoholism and uh, crime and, and and things like that and he had an injury in his back uh, he he had broken his back and the doctors were telling him that he was not going to walk ever again um, but he continued to have faith and continued to pray and he was up walking with a walker he was not taking all the the uh, hardcore pain medicine because he knew that God was just gonna heal him throughout it um, and when I was younger I had broken my leg and the doctors were worried about me walking or running or playing sports again uh, and clearly I'm up here walking and can run around uh, so we both had this experience and background and we just connected, we just talked uh, until it was time for us to leave and I had the opportunity to pray for him. Um, and I mean, I'd, I won't know until we get to heaven one day whether he got healed, but he was such an inspiration just to know that he's continuing to push forward even though he came from being homeless and such a, a, a bad history to now he's in that program, he, he's working to recover and he's taking the steps and he's believing God for his recovery. Hi you guys. So those of you who don't know me, my name is Amber. Um, I've been here at the church for almost six years and of course second year Karis. Um, because I know it's always helpful for me, I want to start by giving you a little context of our itinerary because you're going to hear a lot of stories and be like, wait, they went here and they went there. Um, so our first day we did start at the Durham Rescue Mission uh, where half of us were putting together Easter baskets for the kids that they were going to do a ministry to. And then the other half of us were laying mulch um, just to kind of help beautify the place. And then we had a chance to sit with the gentleman and eat lunch while um, we took our break and then went back to work. Uh, the second day we went out, I'm losing my thoughts now. What do we do the second day? We did. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So um, <laughs> I was like, it was all there and now it's gone. Um, so the second day we did uh, do a little ministry in the morning and then we went and um, 
loaded up a trailer from a storage unit with all the clothes that we were going to do um, and hand out at Meet Me in the Bridge in Charlotte. So the first two days we were in Durham um, doing this ministry. Then the next day we drove to Charlotte a couple hours away um, and got to spend the afternoon doing the street ministry downtown, uh, walking around, handing out flyers for what we were going to do on Saturday, and then uh, ministering to people, some in the downtown area, some at two different locations where there were um, homeless shelters that um, then the next day we did the same thing. We were able to go to the different uh, homeless shelter areas, not inside the shelter, just outside, talking to the, the people, and then on the street again, um, going out and just doing a little ministry to tell them. Saturday is when we had the meet me at the bridge time. Uh, I was, you know, good amount of setting up and, and ministry. And then um, sun, we drove back Saturday night to Durham. And then Sunday, some of us went to a small home church. Some of us went to a nursing home where there was an assisted living side and a memory care side. Um, and that's kind of where one of my testimonies start and where um, the most impact that this trip had on me was um, I was part of the team who was able to go to the memory care side with, um, there was a handful, uh, maybe half a dozen uh, women and men there who all different stages of, you know, Alzheimer's or dementia, just, you know, they weren't fully comprehending life at that time. But uh, we were able to sing some really beautiful hymns, uh, definitely songs that they knew, so they were able to really enter into worship with us. And then um, a couple of the ladies shared some testimonies and a message. Uh, you could just really feel God's heart for them, both of the ladies not coordinating, <laughs> were able to speak about the Father's love. And um, it was just such a powerful time. I was standing up in the back because we we're trying to save the seats for the the people and you know once they were done there was this lady right to the left of me um and she had just the most gentle spirit about her you know just, just those people that are not quite as um crazy and abrasive like me <laughs> people who um she, so i was able to sit and talk with her her name is Anne, and um one thing that one of the ladies kind of spoke to us beforehand about going into memory care is that um, asking a ton of questions, trying to carry on a conversation is not really the easiest with, with people who are in this stage because they, they may try to recall that memory, they may um, try to answer you, but it's, it's kind of difficult. So a lot of it is just being a presence. It's just being there. Sometimes it's you know holding their hands. Sometimes it's just loving on them, um, just smiling. So I was able to just kind of sit next to her a little bit and chat some. Uh, she was sharing some with me and telling me a little bit about her life there and her her life before and she was telling me about her back and I was able to pray for her about her back pain um, and just peace because there was a lot of things that she um, was really upset about with kind of how people cuss there and you know if you've know anyone or if you've worked with people who are starting to have memory loss, I mean, the filter kind of goes sometimes. So what, what's inside will come out unintentionally a lot. So um, I was able to pray with her a little bit, but the thing that touched me the most was just her gentle smile and her look. I had a long sweater on like this, and I had a little design at the end. I had a lot of bracelets on because I'd promised my kids I'd wear the bracelets that they made for me when I was on the trip. And she was just holding my hand and just praying, playing with those, and we were looking at each other's rings. And um, 
it didn't seem like ministry. You know, I prayed with her, but it wasn't like share the gospel. It wasn't talk about Jesus a lot. It was just love. And it was one of the most beautiful examples that I felt on the trip was just being able to connect with someone through God's love that I'm like, I still feel such a connection to her. This is someone that I'm like, you know, I'm going to see her again someday, and it's going to be very joyous to be like, there's Anne, that's my buddy, you know. Um, so it was, it was a amazing way to minister and it just kind of um, opened my eyes a bit more because I have done some street ministry. I used to work at a homeless shelter so um, ministering to the homeless and that side of things was was pretty comfortable for me. Um, I was able to share several of my testimonies because not only have I worked with the homeless but about six years ago I was in a homeless shelter when I had my young daughter and I was eight months pregnant. Um, so I was able to talk to them and share with them just that testimony of what God did to bring me from a homeless shelter, set me up, and you know, and then his promise that in five years I'd be a, a single mom, but I'd be able to buy a house. And literally five years to the day, I was able to do that. Like just how God is so faithful, and and you know, I I, I hope um, that it encouraged some of these homeless people to know that putting your trust in the Lord is is worth it you know it's it's rewarding it's it's fulfilling it's it's um all the hope you got really to to overcome a lot of the things that you struggle with so um that was really beautiful too to just be able to um see how it encouraged some how it challenged some and ministered to some for sure um and the last thing is kind of Besides the things that we were doing, we, um, our director had, had asked us, what is our expectation for ourselves on this trip? Um, I've been on mission trips, and I love how you grow to be a team. You know, I mean, you saw us all kind of greeting Adele. We're like, Adele's here, you know. Um, we, we just got to know each other through the good and the bad and the silly and the fun and the challenging times. Um, but I... My expectation, I didn't really have set forth going forward. I was just like, you know, it'd be nice to get to know everyone and God's going to do something. But for about two months before the trip, um, God had put on my heart and I was really seeking the Lord about a revelation of what righteousness means. Um, I love words, so I know the definition. I know the scriptures. I understand the concept. But it was an understanding in my head, and it wasn't something I knew or truly believed in my heart. So I'd just been praying. Um, our first day at the rescue mission, I was able to sit next to a gentleman named Billy, who, um, like some of the ones that we met, um, knew the scriptures, amazing Christian people. They've been seeking the Lord. And um, I kind of happened to mention that to him, and he was kind of encouraging me on that. And he kind of started to help break through my mindset of an understanding of righteousness. And then, two days later, I went through a pretty tough challenge on the trip. Um, it's not all roses and daisies. <laughs> Sometimes it's definitely pretty challenging. Um, I had an experience that triggered a little PTSD from my past trauma, and it allowed me to spend time with God and realizing the more refining that I needed still too, you know? I mean, we've never arrived. We're all on that process of sanctification and on the road. So um, I, I really believe from that experience and what God started to do that he was helping me realize how much legalism I still had in my mind, how much religion I still based off of, how much um, I still believed in 
the ability of my works to do anything for me. <laughs> and um, so he's, he's been able to help since then, um, since we've been back, bring such a revelation into my heart of um, what redemption is. Like we sang about this morning, you know, just how much we were in bondage, how much we were slaves, and there was nothing we could do to free ourselves because a slave can't pay enough price. They can't do enough work to free themselves. Um, and how much he paid for that, what that cost him. Um, and then at the same time, what he gave. He, he um, it's like two hands, which I can't do because the microphone. <laughs> what we deserved is what he got. And it's like he switched. What he deserved, the righteousness of God, is what we got. So it was really beautiful to just have that experience and to start realizing that revelation and so um you know i really encourage everyone mission trips and and of course ours was mandatory for our second year to graduate but there is such a a need for missions a need for people to go share the gospel and to help other ministries but there is such a blessing that comes with it too there's so much god can do um and it's just it's a beautiful thing to see the way it helps grow us and and knit us together in unity as the body of christ all right follow up after that so i'm pretty sure that amber explained the entire trip but for me <laughs> yeah I'm not quite sure what more there is to say but no I'm just kidding um, I well don't worry I can I'm pretty fast talker so we're gonna get this done really fast no I'm just kidding um, <laughs> you know I kind of went into this mission trip looking at it as like it's an internship you know, I have to do this to be able to finish school I've been on mission trips before and um, and there was a lot that got kind of worked through me. A lot of, I'm a very organized person. I'm a list person. I'm an A-type personality, or so I say, where you give me that list, give me that check it off, make sure that we're here on this time. I may not be on time, but this is the time, from this time to this time, we have this going on, planning ahead. I'm a planner. Um, <clears throat> a lot of things were not planned ahead on this trip. Every time we went out to eat, it was never planned ahead. So uh, we, we sat and waited a lot. Our food came out cold almost every time. So, you know, um, but that time was a time of fellowship. That time was a time to get to know each other and, and minister, not just out on the streets, but minister to one another, to be able to make lasting friendships and have that unity amongst ourselves, to be praying for the same things, yet be praying for different things, but making sure that through all things we had God's love and to show God's love to one another, to those that needed to see it, to everyone around us, including our servers, our, the cooks. We had food brought into us. We had, um, which also was cold, but needless to say, but it was really good. I mean, we were so, so, so very blessed amongst everything else. It was just an amazing time. It's a good time to reflect back and say, oh, I see where God used me in this. I, I see where God ministered to me on that. I see where um, you had to flex and flow throughout the whole thing. And... Um, 
for people like me, flexing and flowing doesn't work very well. But I did it, and I made it to the end. And so this, to me, it turned my, my eyes from it being like an internship to a missionary trip. So, and I enjoyed it. Thank you. Okay, I'm not going to take all the time. One minute. There you go. There you go. All right, I'm going to be fast. Uh, my name is Adele. Um, my husband is in the back there at Keys. Um, we came to visit. I was invited by these people here, great people. Um, I've been here before, anyways. Um, not to waste your time, I just, I don't know where to start. I'm from Liberia. That's why you hear the accent. Um, yeah, and I've been on a mission trip before. But um, something happened on this mission trip that really changed my mindset in how to act and interact with people. And also my friends, my roommate, Amber, who was the first to, after Shadow spoke, um, it was really great. Um, two things caught my, my attention on this trip that really changed my life. Um, going back to my country, 2020, I went back home for a mission trip, um, was all over the country. Um, Liberia is a, a country that fought war before, we 15 years plus, and we were in that war, you know, and a lot of people in the street homeless, don't have place, don't have food. Um, our ministry sends food back home once a month. We used to do that, but we stopped. But then going uh, in North Carolina, seeing people in the streets, you know, it just took me back to Liberia, where I come from. And I was like, wow. So I thought, you know, that's the mind that said that came to me. I thought America was better, you know. You know, thinking like that, I'm like, oh, okay. So this happened everywhere. So I'm not going to, you know, be ashamed of it or, you know, have that mind that, oh, my God, my people are suffering. But suffering is all over the world. It's not one place, you know. So I was like, okay, then something maybe will happen. But I just... Focus on the trip. There was two people I met, um, one at the Durham Rescue Mission and then one at the bridge. Um, this guy at the mission, his name was John. We were just sitting talking. The other guys, like everybody said, um, every one of them knew the scriptures. They were like teaching me. And I was so happy because I'm always out there teaching, preaching, you know, um, in my church or pastor, assistant pastor teaching. And now, I'm seeing people ministering to me. I was like, oh, this is great. And it really touched me. It changed a lot of things. You know, sometimes sit in the back, let people do, you know, some, you know, show you that they can do what you can do. And that ministered to me a lot. And on the table, he brought his food sitting. And this other guy just like, don't have your hair out there because we have our name tag on us. So everybody will know, you know, you know, he's like, don't, don't, don't say nothing to, to him, Adele. He don't want to know Jesus. He, he just, you know, the chair kept on him. Every one of them on the table, like, boom, 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 boom. So I just kept quiet, you know. And he was like, you see, you're Christian people. You're act like you're no God and this and this. And, you know, he felt shamed. I could see that he was, like, being condemned in a sense. So I told the other two guys, I said, well, um, I think you are knowledgeable. You all know this is not how we approach people that, you know, rejecting Christ or don't want to, you know, accept Christ. I say, we show the love of God, 
you know, and then there is the goodness of God that leads a person to repentance. So we can't just be on him, on him. He said, there you go. Says, yeah, you see, that's what I'm telling you. We know God's people when we see them, you know. And I just, you know, quiet them down. The other guy was like, yeah, that's true. You know, you know, maybe we're too high on him. Maybe we're just pushing him. Because in the mission, you have to go to the victory school. And he said he was in the victory school, but he dropped out because he just think that he don't need anybody to tell him about God. He knows God for himself. So that was his mindset. So I was able to talk to him. I told him, I said, listen, we all need one another. You know, we come together to fellowship. We come together to share the word. What you know, you can teach me. And what I know, I can teach you. We can learn together. That's why we have teachers in, Bible, in, the, in the body of Christ. You know, we have all these people. We are body. He said, can you pray for me? Yeah. He said, can you pray for me? And then I said, and then he said, I don't want none of the guys to pray alone with you. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then we stood out to pray. Then the other guy was like, well, I hope this work. He said, yeah, it will work. You know? And then I prayed with him, and I'm like, do you want us to say um, the salvation prayer and stuff? He said, let's go. Go ahead. And I prayed with him, yeah. And then he left. After a few minutes, we were I know, doing the Easter basket and stuff. He came back and pat me on my back. He said, God bless you. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's what he told me. Um, and then my second uh, uh, encounter, and then I'm going to get it back over, uh, was um, at the bridge. Um, we met this guy, me and one of our classmates called uh, Nick. Um, he was uh, sitting there, um, and he had this Bible sitting by him. But then he came, uh, we went to him, like, hi, how you doing? I can't remember his name, but... Um, he was there, he's like, oh, yes, I know Jesus, you know, I, I, I minister to people in the, um, in the uh, uh, shelter, I live in the shelter, but you know, I know God is preparing me for something good. Oh, I was excited, I said, there you go. I said, see, these are the people we're looking for, to go in the shelter and tell people about Jesus. And he's like, yeah, we are sinners, after saying he know Jesus. Yeah, we are sinners. You know, we, we sin every day. I tell them to confess their sin. They are all sinners. They want to kill me. And he started going on and on. And me and Nick was like, okay. And then I stood back a little bit and I was like, okay, sir. Um, but do you believe that Jesus uh, paid for our past, present, and future? Oh, you see, you see, I know you people. You are ready now to mess this whole thing up. No, Jesus didn't pay for no past, but oh, he started going on. And they held my hands, and Nick was like, you know, trying to, I gave him the eye, and he gave me the eye. And the moment Nick about to talk, he's like, you're not going to say nothing. You're not going to say nothing. You don't know Jesus like I do. And you know, he was just coming at us so hard. But we didn't say nothing because we already know we're not to argue the scriptures. You no know, scriptures interpret scriptures. So we don't, we're not arguing. And he's like, they were like, so, no, you're not going to talk. You're not going to say nothing. And we was like, okay, thank you, sir. Thank you for being here. How for blessed day. Yes. But guess what? He talked to Amber. Yeah, after everything, you know, and then my, my colleague was so, you know, downhearted. He was feeling so bad. He's like, what did we do wrong? I said, you didn't do nothing wrong. You know, people will be, you know, will reject many ways. And people will say they know God. There are people in churches that say they know God. They, they know him, but they're done. They don't have that relationship with him. If I know you, I will be able to explain you. I'll be able to tell people about your character. 
But like I say, and I always say on Facebook, wherever I preach it, the character of God has been assassinated so bad, badly, that people would just say, oh, they are Christians. But deep down in them, they are saying something else about God. There are people who say, God is good today, tomorrow God is bad. Oh, why you took my family? Why you killed my mom? Why you did this? So that I know already, so I don't argue with people. I just show them the love of God. Even in the ignorance, I'll just show them the love of God because I know they lack knowledge about that. I don't get angry with them. So that really changed my mind, and it really showed me something that we are on this mission. It just started. And you say, we, we haven't arrived. We just started. We just got, you know, on the train to get on this ride. So it, it's just a good thing that we are all here together as believers. This mission is not only our mission. You have that mandate too to go out and reintroduce Jesus to this generation. You know, go out there and tell them about the love of God. And that's what leads them to repentance. Even those that have the hardiness of heart, they will have the heart of flesh. Once you're giving them the word and no condemnation, no, you know, all these different stuff, give them the scripture. The scripture has the power and potency to transform the life of a person. Amen? I just want to stop there. We've got to start preaching for you guys right now. Well, I've been on a lot of missions trips, mostly to Europe. And I've never been on a missions trip where we witnessed to homeless people. So that was a new experience for me. I think the, my favorite part of the whole trip was the unity and watching the bantering between Jamie and Shiloh. <laughs> my complete entertainment for the trip. And that's good for a serious person like me. I need to be around these people that are funny. So, <laughs> so we would hear Jamie walking down the hallway and we'd hear her infectious laugh. And that, you know, it just carried me through. I don't think she even knows. So, but um, anyway, it was an interesting trip. Um, I had a great roommate, Susanna Shackley and I. We roomed together and Joni knows how to pick roommates because we had a great time. So anyway, but we were out ministering on the streets and I think the most heartbreaking thing for me was to see some of the people that end up in a homeless shelter because you know a lot of them have PhDs they're doctors I mean they're lawyers they're people that were in life and they just quit in life sometimes or things happen to them that they have no control over and so it was very eye-opening to see and there was this one gentleman his name was Nathan I believe I might be getting his name wrong he um, he had had a stroke and he had showed up at the very last part of our under the bridge and he had a cane, you know, with the four feet on the bottom. And this guy was not that old. He was probably 45 years old, if that. But he looked like he was in his 70s. And he'd had a stroke because he did drugs. And um, his pants were torn. Um, you know, he, he had to be spoon-fed. And the pastor's wife, Cheryl, was spoon-feeding him. And, I mean, that is a heartbreaking picture you know, to see him being spoon-fed and his eyes were, it was like he was asleep. He had no energy. And, you know, so for me, it was just like, wow, thank you, God. You know, you can think your life is rough. Go minister to homeless people, and you'll be very thankful for where you're at. So I don't want to take up all the time, but we had a great time. There was tons of unity, and there's some pretty great people in this church. Amen. My name is Jamie. 
Um, I'm your worship leader. <laughs> uh, I went on this mission trip not knowing what to expect and thinking, well, I'm going to handle the worship side of it then. I'll do the music ministry. And we were told, well, I was told, one thing about, okay, you're going you're gonna to lead worship for this group of people. Uh, meet me at the bridge. It's going to be homeless people, but uh, you're going to lead worship. And I thought, okay, well, that I know how to do. I'll just do that. And then as the day gets closer, I find out, Oh, the, the man who's in, in charge of this whole ministry says, oh, they can't handle more than maybe 10 minutes max of, of attention on one thing. So he said, so whatever you're going to do, do it quickly. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't work like that. So, <laughs> I was, so I obviously I had to pray about it and ask, okay, Lord, new circumstances, new details, what do we do? And the Lord said, I don't want you to lead worship. I want you to minister. And I, okay, God, how are we going to do that? And so the song selection was, how do I take the 10 minutes that God has given me and how do I minister? And I was like, I got to pull the songs that are literally the gospel in a nutshell. And so I'm pulling songs that we sing here about he's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and he went to the cross, and he died, and he redeemed you, and by his blood, you've been healed and made whole. And, and we're, I, we're singing these songs, and it, I finish, and I step off, and I go, Okay, that, you just know when the Lord uses you to minister and it feels right, your spirit goes, that was it. That was it. I followed the Lord. And so I stepped aside and I let the next person go and it was so powerful. That, I was talking to people afterwards about how I was just amazed at seeing the body work together. I mean, we were co-laboring and it was so beautiful to to come in and I'm ministering in music and then somebody comes in right after you and shares a message about how they once were lost, but now are found. And then the next person gets up and says, I was lost, I was a drug addict, I was homeless, I went to prison, I, I lost my children, but now I was found. And it, it was amazing how it built on top of each other and you just saw how God had orchestrated this whole thing. And every person, we had not discussed separately or together what we were going to share, but each of us was on our own and going, I feel the Lord wants me to talk about this. I feel the Lord wants me to sing this. And it was amazing. You know, like when Pastor John talks about uh, some Sundays when he goes, now Jamie and I don't discuss, you know, what, we're, what she's going to sing and what I'm going to preach on. And then just somehow it just so cohesively goes together. Those are the Sundays I kind of go, Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> uh, but that's the cool thing. It's not, it's not about us. It's about sharing the love of God, sharing the gospel so that we can see those, the lost and dying world saved and so that they might experience a very real God that redeems and saves. And each of us saw that. And it was, for me, it wasn't an obvious, like I'm going to lay out the salvation message and I'm going to lead you in a prayer to the Lord. Uh, I only know of one person that received Christ that I saw with my own eyes on this trip. But I saw so many seeds sown. So many seeds sown. And I, I believe that the Lord makes us, he, he takes us in the season that we're in. And I was praying about the, praying and asking the Lord, like, okay, am I going to be in a harvest season? Am I going to be leading people? Uh, am I be leading people to you, Jesus? Do I need to, to, be prepared for that, which I believe we should be. And the Lord goes, I have you in a cultivating season. I want you to sow seeds. And then I want you to just vine dress, pruning, vine dressing, and keep sowing those seeds. And it, 
It was powerful. Powerful. My name is Jolie, and... <laughs> um, I don't even know where to start. Is it going on a missions trip and feeling like, okay, we're going to minister to people and just how the Lord ministered to each of, each of us so much more than I think we even were ministering to them. But even also inviting people to the events that we had and just being able to invite people. You'd walk up to, it's kind of like people that might look a little scary. Normally you'd kind of walk on the other side of the street and you're approaching them and it looks like they're afraid of you. <laughs> walking the other way, but then when you invite them and just the softness that they have, um, when you approach them and invite them, or can I, can I make a name tag for you? And they just soften up and it was just really sweet to see the Lord's love flowing through us and to us. It was really beautiful. And, and the team too, just, I learned, I need more of that, more fellowship. It was just a really beautiful blessing. So thanks for your prayers and thanks. Yeah, you guys are released. <laughs> so it, it, was, it was a great trip to be able to see each person operating in, in their giftings and even stretching to operate in different giftings and God just kind of put everyone where they were supposed to be at the right time whether it was talking to a certain someone on, on the street or ministering to someone at the event or even Jolie having uh, peppermint drops because I got food poisoning at Chili's it was everyone was there for a reason so uh, it was super cool to see all of that uh, we thank you for all of your prayers I mean like that that pushed us through first years you guys like you're gonna have this opportunity next year and you'll have the same stories where you were underprepared not expecting but you'll come back different and grown in your in your spiritual life and maybe even physically um, so pastor John was gonna have some of the other first years come up and share a testimony but we are over on time so if you want to know more about Karis, talk to any of one of the second years, any of the first years, uh, alumni, uh, just talk to someone. It's, it's a great school. You'll learn a lot, and, and it's really impactful on your life. But I'll pray, and we can go about our Sunday. So please stand, and we'll pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us. Thank you for the opportunity to share the work that you did uh, through us in Durham. Uh, we pray that you continue to touch the lives that we came in contact with, and we pray that you uh, inspire people here to touch the lives that are around them, uh, that we don't need to go across the United States or across the world to touch people. We can touch people within our own community, God, and pray that you give us the boldness to go about through this week, through the rest of the, the springtime, into, into a better season of summer. And uh, We pray this in your holy name. Amen.